Do you want to hear about great work happening in schools around the world? Just Schools are life-giving places that address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. Dr. John Eckert digs deep into the current educational landscape with research, experience, and a good dose of humor and humility. Join us in the desire to do justice, love kindness, and walk with confident humility. Get inspired with stories of improvement in the profession that makes all others possible. Welcome back to Just Schools. I'm really excited for you to hear from Bing Parks today. She's one of the most fascinating educators that I've met with a, a fascinating job. She is an educator who loves her students, but never wants to see him in her classroom again. As you listen, I think you'll understand why, but I love the hope and the joy that Bing brings to a context that I think most of us would consider to be challenging, but I love the joy that she brings to everything that she does. Today, we have Bing Parks with us, who has one of the most interesting jobs in education that I have heard. I've never actually worked with an educator that has the background that she does and is in the experiences that she is in. And she is part of our Baylor MA in School Leadership Program. So, we spent the last couple of weeks together talking about how to address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. And she has some tremendously gifted students who the system has not really worked very well for. And she's been doing this amazing work. And I just really wanted the audience to hear more from Bing about the work she's doing. So Bing, welcome in. And can you tell us a little bit about your school and what you do? Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, So the school that I work at is housed in a prison. It is um, the Texas Juvenile Justice Department. And um, we, we have a Roughly about 200 students. Um, the students are um, separated by fences and buildings. Um, we have uh, female students and we also have uh, male students. And the age ranges are anywhere from, I think the youngest student we have is probably 11. And the oldest is nearing 19. So the the, the youth can't stay there. Um, they leave uh, the day before their 19th birthday. Okay. Um, but they're not always because there are different um, sentences and um, they have different um, sentences that they have to serve. So um, it's not guaranteed that they're going to just leave and, you know, go to a halfway house or go home. Sometimes they do actually end up going to um, um, a, a, an adult prison. Mm. So, um, so that's the context that I work in. We currently are dealing with um, staffing shortages, and that's on yeah. both sides, the teaching the teaching side and also the, the st- staff side, so uh, the facility side, um, which poses like a lot of problems for us. Um, it's difficult to um, focus on education when we when we are housed in a prison because it's it's typically it's understandably safety first education second and so um we are we have the dual job of promoting student and and faculty safety um but also trying to help educate the our youth so so a couple of unique challenges that i've picked up in the last week is you know even the materials that you give students are challenging in ways Mm -hmm. that educators typically do not think about them but because you're housed in a prison they become issues but then there's also this advantage built in and that you have uh video recordings of all different angles of classrooms and so you might have some of the most 
videotapable classrooms in the country because of the way you're oriented and maybe there are ways that you can leverage that for peer observation and feedback. But talk first about some of the challenges, even just with materials, how you think about giving kids what they need to be engaged and, and receive feedback. Um, one of the biggest changes that I've had to make um, coming from teaching in what we call the free is um, not having access to the outside world on computers. And so wow. when I taught in, in public schools, um, it, I was I was able to use tools online and, you know, games that like um, Kahoot and just all kinds of research we could do that I could yeah. the kids it was really driven where the, the kids, it was student-centered sure. um, learning. I could just give them a topic or they could pick their own topics, go research and do these things that, um, that, that they were interested in. But here, I, I can't do that. There, there, we have computers, but they're, they're just a closed you know, unit. System, yeah. And, and they, we aren't able to do the kind of interesting and fun stuff that, that'll help them keep up is, is mm -hmm. the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and then we often have, you know, uh, if if we want the kids to read certain things, we have to order those books and we have to be very proactive in doing that because we never know when they're going to come in. And that's just based right. on, you know, the timing of the state and how, how that works. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of limiting to us. So those challenges... I feel like we're always having to, as educators, adapt. We, sure. I mean, that is the constant is we have to adapt to um, timing situations, to plans that change, to safety issues. Just it's constant. And so that I feel like that also kind of gets in the way of, of the learning because we don't have a set. We, we do have set times or we right. do have set uh, things that happen in the classroom, but it could change at any moment, any time, every day. So. Do you see any advantages coming from public school into the setting that you're in now? Do you see any advantages to this? I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, like, mm -hmm. hey, having kids disconnected from the world obviously has significant disadvantages, but there would be some potential advantage for helping them focus on the peers that they have in the room mm -hmm. and whatever the content is that you're bringing, because there isn't the distraction of everything else coming in. But is that A, is that an advantage? And B, are there any other advantages that you see to the setting that you're in currently? So I do see, we were actually talking about um, phones in the classroom yes. last, last uh, week. And that has been something that's been very positive is right. not having phones in the classroom. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. And and the the youth here, or they call them my boys. The, uh, my boys are usually um, they're easily distracted anyway. But mm -hmm. the not having phones and not actually having any connection to the outside world has has really helped. Um, and I've noticed it this way: they are very relational. Yes. They're very relational with each other. Right. Um, they really like to talk. And they um, are always engaged, at least with each other. And um, that's something that I think is um, uh, an advantage because I can, I can leverage that. You mm -hmm. know, I can, okay, so if, if we're going to talk about themes and we're going to read um, a short story, because they've already, they live together, they eat together, they, right. they, um, they fight with each other, yeah. uh, they make up. Um, they already have this built-in mm. relationship, and that sure. is that's awesome to me because they're not scared of each other in okay. um, well in uh, discussions that we have, okay. and and you know they might kind of step all over each other trying to talk over each other, but that's easy to kind of ratchet down and help them mm -hmm. you know pay attention to each other. But that's been the most 
um, advantageous is the built-in component yeah. of relationships. Yes. Um, and that, in some ways, that has been easy to use, I right. guess, is, yeah. is the best way to say it. So, you've mentioned that, some, you know, some teachers, this is true in any school, are better than, uh, than others at building relationships and engaging students well, even in your school. And I'm curious to know... What lessons do you think those of us who are teaching, is your term the free that we're teaching? <laughs> the, the free. The, the free, and we're teaching in the free or teaching the free. The, uh, what can we take from your school and say, hey, we could learn a lot from that. Those are some things like, you know, one or two things that you could think would be helpful for public or private school educators that are not in a prison system teaching, what we could take away from you that would be helpful. Um, it, this sounds trite and it sounds so overstated, but building the relationship is, is the thing. It's right. the most important thing. That's good. Um, because the relationship, when we, when we decide to kind of slow down and we've, we've had to, as, as the t teachers there, we've had to slow down and pay attention to what's going on with yeah. the students. I mean, deeply, because if we don't, it could escalate into something really terrible right um uh, and so when we've slowed down um engaged our students looked at them in the face and asked them truly like how are you doing today the program that we use is called um trust-based relational um it's tbri and tbri is something that teachers always good teachers have always done they've always uh, thought about the students and focus on their well-being and that's one of the things that um is is like a paramount in our at our school and i think that other teachers could really take a hold of just slowing down and yeah. paying attention to individual students mm. or like you said each student yeah um that's really 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 important for us right. and the content is secondary you know, their safety and well-being is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. And you can use engagement and meaningful content and feedback to drive their well-being. It's not that they're separate, but I think that's a really helpful uh, framing. Also curious, what, what's a success story that you've seen in the last year that you think it would be really helpful and encouraging for other educators to hear? Because I'm always encouraged when I see things where kids are doing things that they didn't even imagine maybe they could do, or they've been catalyzed to become more of who they were created to be in meaningful ways. So, uh, do you have a success story that comes to mind? Actually, when I first started working there, um, we were just, it was getting close to looking at the students that were going to graduate or get GEDs. And um, I think our first group of students, there were only about six. Um, and that was a celebration, yeah. you know, because a lot of the kids have dropped out or just sure. checked out or um, they, they, you know, would g earn the grade in class, but they weren't there. So, they didn't count. Their credits didn't okay. count. So, um, but the second round of graduation, so that was December and the second round of graduation was in J June, I'm, okay. if I remember correctly. And so, we had, I think, about 14 kids wow. then. And one of the things that the English teacher group kind of focused on, um, because reading and writing was just just difficult and they right. didn't want to do it. Um, um, and then our math teacher, we used to have two, now we only have one, but our math teachers kind of had this concerted effort of, okay, we're going we're gonna to help the kids focus on these specific things um, that will help them if they're going to earn their GED. And that will also help them in taking the STAR test so that they could earn, you know, their high school diplomas. And so 
when we focused on those things um, in our classes, I think that that one that showed the students that we cared about their success, that we really cared about their success, not just checking off a box that says, oh, we, you got to get an education and, you know, but that here's it. We, it, when we care about you, we know what you need and we help you get what sure. you need. And so just to see the, the number of boys who uh, earned their GDs and the number of students who got their high school diplomas was a big uh, celebration and was just a, a neat thing to participate in. That's a great measurable success. You know, those students now have a degree, says that they've graduated from high school, and that gives them something yeah. as a credential to say, hey, look, I can get through something and see it to completion, which is which is amazing. And that's what I, I love about this. There's a good friend of ours, Sierra Nickerson, that she serves as a principal at an overage, undercredited mm. school outside of Houston. And so they have students. They're not, they're not in any type of criminal system, but mm -hmm. they – have just been failed by the system too. The system has not worked for them. They haven't worked well within the system. And they have those success stories all the time where they have kids in associate's degrees and bachelor's degrees and moving on because they don't just think of themselves as getting them over that hurdle of the GED. It's right. like, what's next? Mm -hmm. And so, if you can build that relationship that you're talking about and they can build that relationship among peers, then they have that springboard from which to go and, and do things and hopefully never return to you. I think okay. you're, 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 what, what, you have a goal that you, you never see them again. Yes. Is that, that's, that's your goal. Yes. So never talk, see them again. Yeah, talk about that because I mean, that's not what as teachers, we always love it when we I see know. students come back, but you don't want to see them. And, and, yes. and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that there's wisdom there, and we, we, that's, that's the hope. But uh, do you feel like your students that you're working with, you feel like that that's a realistic goal, that they're actually rehabilitated, ready to go, restored, or do you feel like there's still some real challenges in the system for that? I feel like there are still some real challenges, but um, if I could just go back to yeah. the success story really sure. quickly. So, the 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 two graduations that um, I was able to participate in, and I knew the boys in, in the second graduation a little bit better, um, I put their pictures up behind my desk on the wall. And be, because of that, the boys, you know, they all look at it. They all actually want to be, you know, they want to be seen. And when they when they do that, they look at the pictures of the boys and they are like, oh, did they graduate? Did they get their GEDs? And so then they ask me, do you think I could do that? And I'm like, of course, of course you can do that, you know? And so some of them will take it and they'll look at those pictures every day and they'll say, I'm going to be on that wall, you know? And I'm like, well, I'd, I'd, I'd love that if you guys are on the wall, you know? So it kind of gives them something to look forward to. There are some challenges and those challenges sometimes are, are things that we have very little control over um, challenges that that stem from where they're housed, um, how they live in the dorms, um, things that are going on in their families that they just found out about because they called home or or they tried to call home and got no response. I mean, so many of these things are challenges for us um, that impact education. Sure, and and I know that it's like that also. You know in the free, but it's, it just seems like it's so much bigger yeah. where we're at because yeah. they're, and we only have right now, um, eight students in class per, you okay. know, per teacher, but it is, it is just the challenge to, um, kind of keep them hoping and, right. and giving them a vision to look forward to. Mm. Um, and so when, when they're 
all of their situations are desperate situations or their situations seem hopeless to them, mm-hmm. um, just giving them a, a simple, maybe a simple goal, like, okay, this seems like work, but hey, let's just try it. Let's just get this win and, yeah. and you know, maybe finish this um, math problem or mm-hmm. um, write this uh, the short answer essay and look, you can, you can do it, yeah. you know? And that puts them on a path to not come back and see you. Yes. So. Yeah. That's the thing too. You know, we, I joke around. What if our, my fellow teachers said something about, um, how maybe I'll get to see you at Walmart, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that kind that, of, you know, gives us something win. to look forward to yeah, out right. there. Right. And, uh, we, you know, we joke, but we really mean it. Like we, we're, um, I tell them it's, I'm really glad to have met you here, but I never want to see you again yeah, here, you yeah. know? Right, <laughs> so they're right. like, true, miss, true, you know? <laughs> so. Well, I have three last lightning round questions for you. Okay. So you can just answer these in a word, a phrase, or a sentence. But uh, what do you see as the biggest challenge for education as you look ahead? So in general, even beyond your context. The biggest challenge for education? Um, relationships. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's... That's always the, that's the crux it of it, is. right? Uh, the second thing is, what piece of advice would you give to educators right now? What encouragement would you have for them? Somebody said this in our Paideia seminar today, and I, I wish I knew who it was, but um, he basically said, love is slow or love, so gosh, I can't remember what it was, but basically that, the yeah. idea that it takes time yeah. to build relationships that's with good. people and to invest that time. That's good. So. good. Love is slow. That's, that's true. All right. And then what would you say your biggest hope is for education as you look ahead? What do you see? So we talked about the challenge, mm-hmm. your advice. What's your biggest hope for education? My biggest hope for education is for the teachers to not quit ah. and to realize like they they do amazing work mm. and that they were, they were, that they have so much more impact than they yeah. think that they do. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Don't mm. quit. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause, cause we need each other and our students need us. Yep. My so. favorite poem about teaching ends with that. That's the Steinbeck quote that their students are our unsigned manuscript. And then mm-hmm. there's deathless power that lies in the hands of such a person. And we won't know until we get to eternity right. the impact that uh, the Lord has had through us. So, Bing, thanks for being with us today. Thank thanks you. for the work you do. All right. I hope you enjoyed Bing as much as I do. It's a, it's a joy to be able to work alongside educators that help students flourish every day and become more of who they were created to be. And I think Bing is doing that in a way that's super encouraging to me. Uh, When I get down about the challenges I see my students having, I see the way Bing serves students who are in a system that has not worked well for them. And she is coming alongside with some challenges that I haven't even thought about, about the way you provide materials to students who are incarcerated and what that looks like. But I think there's hope in what she's doing. And she is definitely a great representative of the profession that makes all of this possible. So I hope that this conversation was encouraging to you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Baylor Center for School Leadership.